You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to my conversation with Chief Executive Editor Deep Tron of Playbill. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and you're listening to You Can't Say That on the Broadway Podcast Network. To me, the purpose of the conversation with you is to like talk about these little sticky things um, because it helps me to, to understand and hopefully it helps other people to understand. You know, uh, in the last month, there was that young girl um, from 1776 who that article was like, yeah. and I read it and I just, I felt so bad for her. I thought, you know, she's not done many interviews and she got real comfortable and thought she was talking to her girlfriend or something and didn't know. So it was like, there was a part of me that was like, I don't know what you said or the context of what you said it in, but you have to learn how to do interviews better. (laughs) (laughs) But, and the sense for me as someone coming from the other side, and that is why I decided to use the bullshit quote from you was the fact that for me as a journalist for, uh, of I, I've been doing this for a decade and like I've interviewed so many celebrities it's like so many famous people and artists and there's always a guardedness and there's always a sense of like you're holding back because you're trying to promote a show and you're trying to curate a specific image of yourself and so for me as a journalist, whenever I am able to like pierce that veneer a little bit or whenever I see another journalist pierce that veneer, I'm always thinking, yes, finally someone is being honest. We can finally have a real conversation about what it is to make theater. And it's not always a positive experience, even when it's even when the marketing you know, demands that it be framed as a nourishing experience for everyone. <laughs> Yes. And, and that is, I guess when you say it like that, I'm like, yes, that is exactly what happened in that moment. I was sharing with you from a specific personal conversation. Um, and, uh, and I shared intimately the details of that conversation. And so I think probably when I was talking to you about that, I was a little off guard and not thinking that I was sharing this intimate thing. So I wasn't expecting to find it 
because uh, to, to be specific for people, um, one of the things I experience as an artist is that the gatekeepers are always trying to uh, have a let's you and them fight even between artists so that they can be the mediators and arbitrators between people. Um, you would think that it would be better for everybody to be getting along and working cooperatively, but some people like to keep a little tension going so that they can have responsibility for keeping it all together. Like there, there is some power for them in being able to even just say that, you know, those crazy people are going, but you know, I've got them under control. Mm -hmm. And so I'm accustomed to, uh, that happening. So, uh, even coming into uh, doing a Raisin in the Sun, the approach to me was like, um, well, this is a tentative offer, you know, pending you having a meeting. Okay. And so I'm already, my, 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 I'm already, you know, bristling. A tentative oh offer. God. You're going to tentatively offer me something. But, but if the meeting doesn't go well, we, we reserve the right to take the offer back. Do you not know who I am, sir? I, it was just like, what? Now, as they're doing that with my representatives, me and Robert are texting with each other. So, you know, there's these two worlds going on where I've already been presented as a problem. And we, 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 have, to, we have to meet with you, problem child, before we can firmly decide we want to work with you. But Robert and I are already texting with each other about ideas. And so I'm walking in those two worlds and the problem part of it, 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 it upsets me because it's this awareness that people are setting me up to be received as a problem before I walk into the room. And that even uh, traveled on to our costume designer, who I'd worked with like three or four times before. She came to me with, well, I've heard you, blah, 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 blah. And so, the, um, so I've already got my haunches up. And it's like I've been primed to come in as a problem because you've already treated me like a problem <laughs> before I even get there. And mm -hmm. when, you know, Robert said, I heard you have needs. What are your needs? I was like, my need is for there not to be any bullshit in the room. Um, so it's like I felt attacked and I responded with an attack. So, um, yeah, that was why it was because the whole context around always being presented as if you're a problem and we're somehow doing you a favor to bring you in the room, it, 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 it rattles me. Um, mm -hmm. Avon Long said to me uh, when I was a young, young, young girl, he said, you got to know your nuisance value. And what that means is you got to know that whatever you deliver is worth whatever nuisance you're going to bring. And I've always said, well, I must have some nuisance value because they keep bringing me in the room, <laughs> even though they keep, you know, telling the world I'm so difficult and I'm such a problem. Right. And, and for me, for me, as someone who is trying to tell the readers, like, why you why you have gotten this reputation as being quote unquote difficult when in reality it's just you speaking up for your needs and doing the thing that everyone says they want which is you know more, more equitable workplace environments I found that like that quote of you know I don't want there to be bullshit in the room like for me it read as I have you know I have limits if I see anything going on that I don't agree with then I'm going to speak up I'm not going to be afraid and I feel like that was like I 
I followed along when the Mother Courage debacle was going down. I remember how frank you were about that and outspoken. And I thought, well, I cannot explain what happened there, but maybe if I just put in this really illustrative example, this really illustrative quote, then it it will help people, give people some context, and maybe they'll look up what happened in 2017. Are you able to understand why, for me, that frame felt problematic? Yes. Yes. So what? tell me what that means for you. It, it, it becomes a challenge because as a journalist, if you, if you, for me, I, I want to show people what you're, what you're like and how you speak and, and your personality. And if, if you're an outspoken woman, I feel like it would be dishonest to not address that. So how do I put it? So for me, in our 45-minute interview, there was that one f- comment, and that was in a conversation. And, for, and so for me, I'm like, I don't speak like that when I'm speaking to journalists or to the public. I spoke like that in the, in the, in the situation of an attack. Someone attacked me, I attacked back. So I guess for me, it... It um because clearly I speak like that I said it, <laughs> but it is a, a piercing of my own idea of myself that that would be chosen uh, to as the description of me because I don't think of that as like if that's what you were it, it to me like if that's what you're expecting of me you're expecting me to come in and curse you out you know what I mean and I don't think of myself that way in fact. I think I work very hard not to be that, but maybe mm-hmm. I have to let that go. And when people come in, maybe I should just start cursing people out now. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, and for me, when I read, for me, when I read that, when I heard that quote, I heard it as not as someone who's going to curse, curse people out. It's like not as someone who's going to tolerate you know, foolishness. Right. I know. I, I completely get the why for you. I'm just saying for me, as someone who is literally always erased and made invisible in the room, that is just yeah. my experience. Even as an elected on actors equity, you know, I get up, I speak, there's a pause, a silence, and then people just move on to whatever subject. It's like, we don't, we're not even going to have a conversation about what you talked about. So um, I was like, you know, I try to be articulate. I try to come with the facts. I try to be give you no know, reasons-based logical arguments. Um, and yet, if I look in my experience, sometimes the people who I experience who get up in the room and use the swear words, they get a kind of... Uh, praise and celebration that makes me cringe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was that was what I was alluding alluding to when I said for women of color, there are certain, just certain things you're not allowed to do. Like when you say, "I'm not allowed to be," when you Tanya said, "You know, you're not allowed to be angry. You're not like you're not allowed to raise your voice or to curse people out." I I just I I understand that very deeply. Yeah, and so it's this. I feel. I feel like <clears throat> the larger picture is 
how do we as uh, people who are invested in creating more equality for for everybody and, and particularly for arts, because I feel like artists are the soul of a society. Um, it's what we really have to pierce is the people up above who are trying to keep it at let's you and him fight. You know, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but that's certainly why I wanted to have this conversation because journalists are, um, are artist friends. If people aren't writing about you, nobody knows about you and you don't get attention and you don't get opportunities. So there's just no, there's nothing good that can come of having an adversarial relationship with journalists, unless you're, you know, just from that, someone's going to keep writing nasty things about you. And in the world that we live in now, the algorithm will have everybody talking about you because of the nasty things about you. But I don't think mm -hmm. many people like to just have nasty things written about them. No, no, I, I don't think anyone wants to be Twitter's villain of the day. <laughs> Though I will give you a little insider, a little in, insider trick that journalists do to get artists comfortable. Because for, for me, as, some, as someone who's done this for a long time, I've noticed that the longer I speak to someone, the more, the more comfortable and the less guarded they become. And, you know, I share some things about myself just so that it feels like we're having a conversation. And so there's an art to like writing like a really good profile about someone. And it requires you to spend hours of time with them so you can get past the veneer of, you know, like, the the air that they have put upon themselves in order to get to the truth of what it is that they're trying to do and of who they are oh, and absolutely so, yeah and so i think i think with our conversation i think because it was about 40 minutes you I think did we, your job yes. <laughs> <laughs> apparently too good it's <laughs> you did your job um Yes. Yeah, it's all a trap, Tanya. <laughs> well, it is kind of a trap. I mean, the fact is that for us as artists, we could be in a show that we think is a piece of shit, and it's our job to go, oh, my God, it's the best, it's the greatest, it's the hottest, it's you just got to get there, and really we think it's a piece of shit. You know, that's what, that's our job. We have to sell it mm -hmm. because yeah. if we don't yeah. sell it, we won't have a job. And that is the show business, the business of <laughs> yeah. show. And I think that's what the Sarah Porkalov 1776 interview, I think that's what, where a lot of the backlash came from, was the fact that she was very honest that of how it was just a job. And she wasn't just, she was not just going to say nice things about the show to sell it. Yes, yes. Which for the people who have spent whole careers doing just that it was like how dare you and which is the same thing I sort of do of, of walking away from other courage or you know speaking out about things it it becomes an attack on people who have felt I'm doing something noble and honorable by supporting my job and my employers so that's something I think that we as artists have to look at you know and and I don't know what the answer to that is because yes as artists you got to sell the show or you don't have a job yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, and, and when it comes to commercialism, like I've spoken to, you know, TV, film TV actors doing like superhero movies. And it's it's this interesting dynamic of, we both know what you, me, me as a journalist, you as the artist, we both know why we're both here and we both know you're kind of lying to me a little bit, but we just have to play this game because we both have jobs to do. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think for people coming into the business, it's important for them to realize that there's a job being done mm-hmm. um, because I think I feel a lot of times I don't know if the generation coming up is able to distinguish between reality and media in that, like, I think most of us are raised to believe that if it makes a movie or if it's a headline, it's because it's important and important means positive. So that makes me get even concerned about all these shows about people who are murderers or criminals or thieves is that telling people that's what you should be because it's so important that we've given them a whole TV show and you're spending all these hours of attention on someone who has done something despicable. Are we setting that as an aspiration? Mm-hmm. Now, and, and I think, and I think there's also a, um, a blurring of, of media and the truth because I, I'm, and, and, and I'm a millennial. And so I have a slight different, it's like I remember I remember a time before so social media took over my brain and after. And I think what social media has become is there's this veneer of authenticity of people sharing and sometimes oversharing about their lives in a way to generate engagement, comments, likes through portraying an authentic a quote unquote authentic version of themselves which is also in and of itself a performance yeah like the world is performance now and now they can deep fake Mm -hmm. your performance (laughs) you don't even have to do the performance you could literally hire someone to go out and do a whole bunch of crazy fun looking things and just put your face on it yeah yeah and and then people will think it's Oh uh, yeah, it, it, it was kind of like um, I read like how Disney created a deepfake performance of Mark Hamill for Star Wars, for one of the Star Wars series, and I just thought, what does that mean for actors? <laughs> Do you still get paid for that? Like I don't. It's, it's your image. It's your image. Yeah, it's Didn't um, Bill Bruce Willis just sold the deepfake rights for himself because he can't do it anymore? Mm-hmm. So someone oh, can stand in and they can just put Bruce Willis over it. And I was on a TikTok the other day and I saw uh, Keanu Reeves doing silly things. And I thought, really? Keanu has time to just be silly on TikTok? And then I saw that it was the unreal 
Keanu Reeves, but there's a lot of posts of of that mm-hmm. face, and it looks really good. <laughs> yeah, and and the thing is, and what's challenging to me is like how to differentiate between when someone is pretending to be authentic and honest versus the truth. Well, the truth of it. When when you finally found someone unguarded, and I feel like yeah. <laughs> how do you know that? I have no idea. And, and and for me and for me as a journalist, like I just have to go by instinct and by like, do I feel like they're actually trying to connect with me right now versus talking points? Right. Well, we're all trained to do the talking points. And if we're on a show, the press department has sent us a list of written talking points that they want us to be sure that we speak these talking points. I mean, that's that's the job. Uh, (laughs) Interviews are advertising opportunities. So, yeah, we're we're given talking points and we've got to figure out how to naturally weave that into our conversation as we're talking to journalists. So. What do you think really is the job of the journalists if, in a way, they've come to you because they want advertising and yet you want to get to something authentic? Like, what what is your job and how is the capitalist part of it interfere with your job? That's challenging. Wow. That, 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 that's a big question. I mean, the capitalist part of it is very simple, which is I need to get as many eyeballs on this article in order to justify the money the advertisers are putting, right, are paying to advertise on the site and to and to gain and to gain revenue, and so that is the capitalist part of it. And and but the thing at the same time, most of the things I've written that have you know quote unquote gone viral, I never intended it to do that. It was me following my own instincts on what makes a good story and what I would want to read or what I would want to get out into the world. It, it's kind of like for an artist, um, what show am I, what show am I going to pick or project am, am I going to pick and how well is it going to do? And is it going to sell? I feel like at a certain point you can't think about the marketing aspect of it, or it kind of hinders your ability to do your job well, to create the thing. And so, do you yeah. think of yourself as an artist too? I, I, I wouldn't say that because I don't create from whole cloth. I, I take what, uh, what artists have given me in terms of their time and their input. And I try to create some, and I, 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 I consider myself like the middle person between what the artist is making and, and the, what the readers want to know and how to translate that because there are certain industry insiders type terms that perhaps we don't we don't get into because it's not people are not going to understand that or if we want to then how do i talk about it in a way that is easily understandable to someone who didn't who doesn't have bfa in theater and and for me and trying and and for me, and talking to artists, that, that I think that's what that was what I was talking about earlier with like piercing that veneer of, all, of, you know, that veneer of marketing. It's for me, I, I think audiences can tell when if there's when this is just an, this article is just an attempt to sell a show. I mean, it, 
it's an art, not a science, right? Of writing. And so I think when the person I'm interviewing just sounds like they're 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 giving talking points and then I'm I'm publishing that into an article, I think people can tell. And so I think people want something a little bit more honest because it's it, it frankly it makes it more interesting. It makes it more interesting read. It doesn't feel as I mean, granted, we do, it's a, capitalism is the air we breathe. And so there's someone's always trying to sell something to us. And I think my job these days I, is to try to move into something a little, little bit deeper than that. And, but as I, as I told you, since I just started this job, it's a continual struggle of how to, not how to do that versus the capitalistic imperative to make gain revenue. Right. And I, 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 like I said, I don't think struggle is a, is a problem. I think when you surrender to the struggling, go, look, I just got to get the eyeballs. That's the problem. When you aren't still struggling to, to do something that's going to plant a seed that's going to move us evolutionarily forward to something better. Like as long as you're engaged in the struggle succeeding is not to me the point. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I think for me, when I'm covering a show or a, a movie for me, it's, there's always an audience for, there's an audience for most, for everything. I mean, it won't be the same audience, but there is an audience for a particular type of work. And so like what, so what, can I ask the person I'm interviewing that can reach that audience or what, what can I ask? What can I ask them that will build interest around, around the work beyond, you know, the, the perfunctory you know, art making is important. <laughs> right. You know, uh, someone, a friend of mine said at one point that um, they thought that the most you know, the people that become the superstars are generally mediocre and that there's a part of capitalism that elevates people who are not the best because then the audience can look at it and as they're admiring it, they can think inside of themselves, I could do that if I wanted to. Whereas if it's something that's too otherworldly, you know, it, ma it, it, it makes people shame. They can't give their love to it because it's not even reachable for them. What do you, what do you think about that idea? I think relatability is, is an important part of it because you know what, I mean, what, what is art? It's, it's, it's like a study of being human. Right. And it's, and like, there has to be, I feel like for for something to connect with an with an audience, there has to be like a core like like a common core of just like something <laughs> like like a, there there has to there has to be a heart or like a reason for this thing to exist or or like something or something that can grab onto an audience's imagination e even if it's even if it's something extremely commercial like a superhero film but there are audiences for that and so my job isn't to dismiss 
like the thing that I find cravenly commercial is to figure out, okay, what, who, is, who, who does this appeal to? And how will they relate to it? Like, what, what's going to be that thing that makes someone want to return to this multiple times? And so I think, and I think it, it, that's also why people like grab onto art, to artists and celebrities is because like there is an aspect of you that, that they want to, that they admire or like they want to build in themselves or they relate to. And I think that's, and you know, sometimes that can be toxic because then they think they're entitled to every aspect of your life. But I think, I think that's the balancing act of entertainment of trying to give something of yourself so that people can relate to it and can see the art and become invested in the work that you're doing, but also leave some parts of yourself, you know, private. And I think social media makes it more challenging because, you know, now that, now that private lives is now a currency. Yeah. Our private lives are currency. I sometimes feel very sorry for people who are super, super famous. I mean, my own experience just with the little bit that I have is just that sometimes people don't even experience me. They have an idea of me, you know, Oh, Tanya Pinkins. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm right here. And they're like, they're seeing some character I played and I don't, I don't exist. <laughs> then how, how do you, how do you reconcile the version that they have with who you are and learn to not, and learn to live with that? It has just honestly been my experience that when you meet someone who has uh, an idea of you, there is no changing it. And so um, I have to deal with them as who they are experiencing me as. I remember I once had a dresser who clearly had an idea of me as some tyrant slave driver. I don't know where it came from, but she always treated me like I was going to scream at her or beat her at any moment. And it didn't really matter how nice I was or whatever. That was, and I don't even know if it came from me, but <clears throat> I let go of trying to, uh, to change that. I had to go, okay, well, that is another version of me and there's a world and, and then that's who she's going to tell people I am. And you can always tell when you're meeting people who are having a relationship with their idea of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you get to break through that and it's usually in some amusing way. I remember I went out with my friend, a friend once and he... It was like a birthday party. Oh, my God. This is such a funny thing. Anyways, and someone was talking about Tanya Pinkins. <laughs> and then you walk into the room. No, I'm sitting there listening to, about <laughs> myself. <clears throat> and I'm like, well, you know what? I am Tanya Pinkins. They're like, oh, you a lie. You a lie. And we've become friends because I was sitting there listening to them tell stories about me. And they didn't even know me. <laughs> yeah and and that's also partially why I'm really glad you reached out and called me and that we had this conversation because I feel like at a certain point people don't think that that you're worth talking to anymore right. or 
right? Or that they that they that they can only talk at you or talk around you or instead of just doing the very human thing, which is like writing, writing someone or calling them. And, and like that, that's very, that's very funny to me. It's like, my DMs are open. You can just, you know, reach out to me and ask what I meant versus, you know, yelling at me on Twitter. Or making up a story in your head about what that is. And I think that that's, I feel like I hope that that's part of my growing wisdom is that I try to catch myself when I'm writing a story about something and, um, you know, reach out to the person to stop my story. Now you'll go, well, why didn't you do that with Jesse? <laughs> because Jesse gave me an opportunity to talk about a whole lot of things beyond just a raisin in the sun. It was like his, uh, his review was uh, a jumping off point for a larger conversation that I wanted to have with American theater. But I am so grateful that we got to have this conversation. Um, and I hope that it um, inspires other people to know that uh, our artists and journalists are not, um, you know, are not untouchable, not unreachable. Um, but sometimes I do think that people are invested in their stories and they'd rather keep the story than actually find out the truth. Yeah, well, it's easier to make up the story in your head and to write something, an angry post on social media versus talking to someone. And then you'll get less, because then it leads to less validation from other strangers about your viewpoint. And I mean, I, I do think I would listen to the podcast of you talking to Jesse Green. Well, maybe I'll reach out to Jesse and ask him <laughs> if he wants to do a podcast with me as well. Yeah. Um, I'll ask him. <laughs> so... Thank you so much for this. Um, you're listening to Tanya Pinkins. You can't say that on the Broadway Podcast Network. And my guest, Deep Tron, thank you for listening and subscribe. Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.